Welcome to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. We're a church in Gahanna, Ohio, helping people find and follow God. In this series, we'll be talking about mental health and the gospel. There is an inseparable link between our mental health and our spiritual health. We hope God's word will speak to you through these messages, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. To find out more about our church, to visit us in person, or to give online, visit threecreekschurch.com. Well, good morning. My name is Joel, and like they said, I get to be the pastor here, and it's good to, good to see everybody in the shirt that you got for Christmas. Works every year. We always wear the shirt that we got for Christmas right in January. Um, I, uh, I um, feel, I, I, I wrote this to some of you, and I've, I've shared it with others, I feel uh, very underqualified to be leading us through this. I have essentially no letters after my name. And I just feel like, how am I going to, how are we going to take everything that we've experienced and put it in a little four-week series that makes sense to everybody and hits everybody where they're at? And so I communicated on an email, like, I just need your prayers this month as I write this stuff and ask God to help me. And, and I just said, I just feel underqualified. And Luke, who uh, is a good friend and who Tyler mentioned uh, is going to be a part of this series in upcoming weeks, screenshotted it to me and highlighted it and said, uh, you got this, like, you're the man. Just think, this could literally save someone's life. And I was like, yeah, that's what I feel underqualified to do, you know? <laughs> like, exactly. And the more I thought about it the last couple days, uh, I've thought, man, I'm so glad that this doesn't depend on me. I'm so glad that this doesn't rise and fall with me or, or my ability. This is going to rise and fall with God. And my faith in that happening is bigger than ever. And the reason that Tyler and Julie are out here and a part of this as our care and counseling directors, they're going to kind of be shepherding us and pastoring us through this whole series. They're going to be very visible. Every week this series, they're going to come out here and, and kind of open and close our messages. And they're a gift to our church. They're some of my closest friends, but if you get to know them, you will see that they are a gift to our church. And you know, like, you know the difference, like if you had a hard day, and you know the difference between uh, getting a text from someone that says like, hey, thinking about you, let me know if there's anything I can do, and then somebody just like showing up at your house with Grater's ice cream? You know, like there's just a little bit of a difference. And it's not that the text wasn't thoughtful, but it's just that the second one's a little bit better, like it communicates the, a little bit more intentionality. The reason Tyler and Julie are a part of this series and going to be in front of you a lot is we, wanna, we want this series to be the second one. We want them to be Grater's ice cream for you. Black raspberry chocolate chip to be exact, right? We are here for you. They are here for you. And we're not going anywhere. And we want to have this conversation. We are proverbially showing up on your front porch and saying, hey, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. We're probably not going to actually come to all of your front porches. But this is us proverbially saying, we want to have a conversation about where we're at, how we're doing, and what God says. And, and really, Luke, Luke, what Luke said was true. This could save somebody's life, or this could change somebody's life. January 2020, 2022, geez. January 2022 could be a really 
life-changing, life-transforming, life-altering month for you. This series, because it doesn't depend on me, could really change your life. And I want to ask that God would do that. So would you pray for me as I start today? Lord, I just want to be a vessel of what you have to say. And so even as I tell stories of personal experience and where I'm at, God, I pray that that would just simply be an on-ramp to your word, Colossians 3, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. I pray that those verses would sing the loudest. I pray that the scripture would sing into our hearts today. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So in June 2019, I played in a golf tournament. And it was the first real golf tournament that I'd ever played in. And I did pretty good on the first day, and I made it to what was like the playoffs of this uh, golf tournament. I was really proud of myself. And uh, I was on my way there, and truthfully, I was very nervous. I was like driving there. I was like bopping around the car, just like really nervous. It was the first time that I'd played in a tournament like this. Everybody else in the tournament was like, you know, former college golfers and college golfers. They had all this experience. And I'm like, I'm giving it my best shot, but ah, I'm pretty nervous. But if you'd asked me, hey, Joel, are you nervous? I would have said, no way. I got this in the bag. And I popped out of my car, opened the door, got my clubs out. I mean, I play golf enough to know how to make my way around a golf course. And so I, uh, I'm, of course, I'm not nervous. Are you kidding? I don't get nervous. I'm, I'm Joel. I don't get nervous. And uh, first hole, I uh, iron shot 170 yards or so. I, I hit it long and I hit it left. Second hole, iron shot. I think it was an eight iron. Long and left into the hazard, into the bushes. Third hole, iron shot, long and left. Six of the seven iron shots that I had to hit on the front nine were long and they were left. And what happens to a human body, when a human body begins to experience nerves is the muscles begin to tighten a little bit. And how that applies to a golfer specifically is that you, you lose the rhythm in your hands that you usually have and you begin to swing faster. You begin to swing quicker. That's why if you talk to a golfer who's playing, you know, the 17th or 18th hole in a tournament, they're trying to calm their breathing and slow everything down. Because when you're nervous, you would just very naturally hold the club a little bit tighter than you usually do, swing a little bit faster than you usually do. And you know what happens when you do that? Long and left. That's what a golfer does when he gets nervous. They get tight. It's biological, long and left. And you could have asked me, Joel, do you feel nervous? And I would have said, nope, I got this in the bag. But if you hooked me up to a machine, some kind of machine that tells, tells you whether that was nervous or not, and if you look at the statistics, six out of seven, long and left, it's hard to make a case that I wasn't nervous. The reality is, the fact is that biologically, I was experiencing a lot of nerves in that scenario, and I got absolutely waxed in that golf tournament. I got smoked. But, you know, it's a new year. This is my year. I got smoked. I, didn't, I, I wanted to deny the fact that I was nervous, but I was. A couple months later, January 2020, two months before COVID really came on the scene here in Ohio, 
this was between year two and three of our church starting. And I had a lot of people, a lot of pastors, a lot of people that had planted churches say, hey, Joel, watch out between year two and three. Be careful about year two and three. The honeymoon kind of, kind of fades away. And a lot of the issues that have been in people's lives these whole times, they start to surface a little bit. You're going to begin to, especially if your church grows a little bit and ours had, you're going to begin to like feel this pressure that you've never felt before. You're going to begin to, you're not going to be as, as, as free and, and you're going to want to guard what you have and that's going to cause you to be worried and stressful and anxious. And, and you got to watch out because you, between year two and three is when it really, the rubber really meets the road and you might, you might begin to feel things of burnout. A lot of pastors said, but between year two and three, your anxiety is going to rise. You're going to begin to feel a lot of pressure. And if you'd asked me in January 2020, hey, Joel, are you feeling some anxiety? Are you feeling some added amounts of stress, some added amounts of pressure? I would have said, no way. Not me. That stuff, that's, other people deal with that kind of stuff, not me. I'm fine. I'm Joel. I'm good. And I remember sitting in the parking lot in my car right before I went into this meeting. It was like a, I don't know, it wasn't that big of a meeting, but it was something I was kind of worried about, kind of stressed about. And sitting in my car right before I walked in, I lost my breath. Like I, I just, I, I'd never felt it before. It just like, it just like, let, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but I just, I just lost it. And it was the first time over the, over the next few weeks that I, I began to have this feeling of breathlessness. I'd never felt it before. And at the same time, I couldn't sleep. I just couldn't turn my mind off to the point where I had gone to my doctor and he had prescribed me Ambien just so that I could fall asleep. I had gained weight. Because when I'm stressed, I just, I, I eat more, I work out less. It's the first thing to go because I got to get other stuff done. And you could ask me, Joel, are you feeling anxiousness? I'd be like, not me. That stuff's for wimps. But if you hooked me up to a machine, if you hooked me up to a machine that said, is this person experiencing anxiety, there would have been no question the facts lined up that for the first time in my life, I was, I was feeling levels of anxiousness that I had never felt before. And it was a humbling experience, even for me. I mean, I, I had so many conversations with Morgan about it. I'm like, and this is not what I have, this is what other people are supposed to talk to me about. This is January 2020. And then the rest of 2020 happened. And that wasn't good for anybody's anxiety, was it? And we were wiping off our vegetables <laughs> for like two weeks. Then we were like, ah, they're fine. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I got a text that the government was going to shut everything down in 48 hours. And I went to Giant Eagle in that hour, and I bought at least 60 cans of soup. And we're still eating that soup. <laughs> and in that, in that Giant Eagle, I swear this happened, in that Giant Eagle, people were in gloves and... It was just kind of like, what's happening? This is March. What's happening? And I'm like, man, I don't want to get this thing. 
And I remember, I didn't have a mask on at that point yet. It, hadn't, it was still like saving for the nurses at that point, right? And I remember going like this. I remember being like, all right. And I touched my mouth like that. And I was like, oh, oh. And I ran over and I put, <laughs> I put the hand sanitizer in my hand. I was like, I got to do it. And I went, oh. <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> I remember uh, you know that was, that was 2020 and that happened and that was hard and our, our, our worlds were spinning and then we were like okay whew, 2020 behind us 2020 was the worst 2021 is going to rock and parents are going to understand this you know when you have like an infant and they poop their diaper in the middle of the night, and they start crying. It's like, ah, oh, okay, we got to do it. You know, so you go in there, you turn on the light, you kind of get them out of there. They're crying. You get them out of their sleep sack. You put them on the bed or on the changing table, and you change their diaper, and you wipe it up, new diaper, back on the sleep sack, and you're carrying them back to their crib. And right as you're laying them down, you can hear the diaper fill again. That's 2021. <laughs> right? It was like, man, 2020 was, was hard, and then 2021, 2021 was like the same. It was like, it was really hard again. And, and if I could use one word to describe myself in 2021, and, and you got to hear me out on this one, it would be the word tipsy. But not that kind of tipsy, this kind of tipsy. I just felt so easily tipped over. And I felt so easily irked and easily ticked off. I don't, feel, I don't think I've ever been more irritable in my life. I could put it together and I could, I could have good days. And there'd be days where I'm like, man, my wife is the best. My kids are the greatest. And the next day, I'd see two coffee cups in my car that Morgan didn't take out and be like, what is wrong with this woman? Like, how could she be so careless? And I, I, would, I, would, I would cuss under my breath at that. And, and on the good day, I'm, I'm, I'm the one instigating the splashing in the bathtub with the kids. And the next day, they splash a little bit of water out of the tub, and I'm like, hey, stop splashing or you're going to bed. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm catching myself in these moments like, what is wrong with me? Like, how am I so hot and cold? How am I so inconsistent? How am I so easily tipped over? Why am I so tipsy? I don't even feel like myself. I don't even feel like myself. God, will you help me? My kids look up at me like, which, which daddy going to be today? What? But I came here all year, and I was like, hey, how are you? Good? Me too. God's good? God's good. And he is. But it would do us some good to just say 2021 was hard for some of us. And if you're, if you're sitting there today, you're going like, man, it wasn't for me. Well, then maybe, okay, but can we both acknowledge that someone very close to you would agree with me? 
And it would do us all some good to just acknowledge that 2021 wasn't a piece of cake. If you're nodding your head and you are agreeing with me and you are saying like, yeah, me too. I don't feel like myself. You got to know that you're not alone. And you got to know that getting older isn't for cowards, and we're all mere humans. And if you think that you have gone through something that nobody else in this room has, maybe, but I don't think so. I was just going through and, and just looking at a list of some people in our church. I mean, just so that you understand some of what's going on. I mean, there are, there are marriages in here, and, and, and they're hoping... Both people are hoping that they can make it another year. That's the goal right now. There are so many biopsies being done. There are so many parents who are sick. There have been so many miscarriages this past year. There have been so many panic attacks this past year. In here, I'm not talking about out there. In here, there are chronic health issues that doctors have been trying to figure out for years. And people are writing down that their prayer for the year is that doctors could figure out what's going on. People have had close friends, family members, cousins die in unexpected accidents in the last three weeks. In here. There are people, there, there are multiple people that I know of. This is just what I know of. With people, with their extended family, with their brothers and their sisters and their parents, their families are just imploding to the point where they don't even want to talk about it anymore. And so if that's happening, if any of that is happening to you or you're experiencing anything similar, you just got to know you're not alone in this stuff. You're not the only one going through some of the stuff. And if you go, not me, I just say, not yet. Not yet. And certainly right now, someone very close to you is going through some kind of personal crisis. Last summer, I thought about quitting. I thought about just throwing in the towel and being like, this stinks, man. I didn't, I didn't sign up to be a video pastor. I didn't sign up to see half your face and give you an air five. It's like our church essentially shrunk in half. A lot of my favorite people decided to go somewhere else for church or, or leave church altogether. And so I'm like, man, what? This stinks. I stink at this. I need to get out of the way. This is where my head was at. I'm just spinning my tires. This is not what I'm supposed to do. This stinks, man. And through a message that actually I gave that my wonderful wife quoted back to me after it was over, and through a discipleship group that I have on Tuesday mornings with a couple guys in this church, through both of those things, God has he's called me back. To three creeks. Like I'm, 
I'm back in love and deeper in love, and I feel recalled and recommitted. And if God would allow it, I will be here for a while. Like, I'm back in that headspace. But I just, I just, I want to tell you that so that you understand that nobody in here is immune from having thoughts and having feelings that we don't want to share with other people. It's been a tough, it's been a tough go. It's been a tough go. Anybody else? So what do we do? How long can we keep going like this? Should we change anything? Is there anything we can do to change how we're feeling, to change the trajectory? This has taken a long time to get where we're at. And so if we have these ideas that this a 30-minute message or any church service ever anywhere is going to all of a sudden be like, whoop, everything's back to normal. I think we're deceiving ourselves. It took us a long time to get here. It might take us a little bit to get out of it, but what do we do? How do we reverse the course? How do we get the ball rolling in the other direction? I want to answer that, but before I do, I want to make sure that we're on the same page, that these are not self-help talks. That, I, that if you want self-help, you could go to Google and you could say, things I can do to improve, and it will actually autofill improve my mental health. That's how many people want to know how to improve their mental health. There are so many lists, right? And you're going to look them up and it's going to say, buy a dog and do yoga and eat cucumbers and sleep more and delete Instagram and work out and read a book and write in a journal. It's going to tell you to do all of the things. And we know all of the things. This is not a message about those things. Is everybody okay with that? You can figure that out later. Google.com. You can figure it out. In this, I, I need you to understand that I'm not a life coach, I'm not a mental health coach, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a therapist, I'm not licensed to do any of that kind of stuff. I am, I, I am, I am positioning myself in this series as a man who loves God and believes that God can help us in this. And so I'm going to take you to God's Word. I'm going I'm to give you these prescriptions, if you will, that I think God writes for our minds, for our mental health to help us navigate a hard world that we're living in, all right? So let's do this. Let's, uh, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. If you got your Bibles, go to Colossians chapter 3. It was, those are the, these are the verses that were up on the screen a little bit earlier. Uh, and by the way, if you don't own a Bible, we've got some right back there. And maybe on your way out today, grab one and then bring it back. The reason we turn these lights on during the message is because I like the idea of people having their Bibles in front of them. So if you don't today, that's okay. We'll throw the, the verses up on the screen. I want to read you Colossians chapter 3. Verses 1 through 3. And before I do, I just got to tell you that Paul was a missionary and he wrote this. And he wrote this to a bunch of Christians living in a city called Colossae. And I think if you got them together, they would say the same thing. They would say similar things about how they felt about their lives at that time. It was not easy going. It was difficult. It was challenging. They're facing a lot of opposition. They were in the minority. And so Paul writes to the Colossians, this is the prescription for your minds. This is what to do with your minds. He writes, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So, so this is clearly 
written to Christians. Because Paul says, since then you have been raised with Christ. So he's saying, since you've already been saved, since you already are a Christian, you're a Christ follower, you asked Jesus into your heart, since you have already done that, let's, let's talk about what to do then if that's the case. He says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. But before we get to that part, we probably should ask a room this size the question, have you been raised with Christ? Like, are you a Christian? Are you someone who has given your life to Jesus? Would you consider yourself a Christ follower? Because frankly, the rest of this it won't mean that much to you. It, it won't, it, you'll, you'll say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Because what Paul's writing, he's writing to Christians. He's going, since you're a Christian, since your perspective has changed, since you died to your old self and now are alive again in Christ, since that transformation happened to you, then all of this stuff. But we should stop at this point in the message and just say, does anybody... Does anybody, has anybody not done that? Like, has anybody on the fence, has anybody been thinking about that? Have you been raised with Christ? Have you committed your life to Christ? Because think about it. If you're not a Christian, what, what he says in verse 2, he says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. If you're not a Christian... You should set your mind on earthly things. Because why wouldn't you? Like, why, why not? But the other is true too. If you are a Christian, then you should set your mind on things above. And I ask the same question, why wouldn't you? Because for either of those groups to think about the other, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense for someone who's not a Christian, doesn't believe in Jesus, doesn't believe in heaven, doesn't believe in the future. It doesn't make sense for them to think about things above. They don't believe in things above. That doesn't make any logical sense. At the same time, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for someone whose life has been changed, who is dead and alive again, who's, been, who's given their life to Christ, who believes in the things above. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for that person to have their mind on earthly things. It makes sense for that person to have their mind on things above. What does Paul mean when he says, set your mind on things above? He doesn't say, don't ever think about anything on the earth. He doesn't say, never ever think about fantasy football. He just says not to set our minds on them. And the Greek word that Paul wrote is the word phrone. And in other words, phrone means orient your life around. Paul is saying, Orient your life around things above, not on earthly things. Things above are things that last forever, and earthly things are things that don't. Earthly things are temporary. You don't take them with you. When, when the clock runs out on your life, that's the end of that stuff. That is an earthly thing. The things above are the things that keep going. And Paul's saying... Orient your lives around things that last forever. Don't orient your lives around things that are going to go away. When we set our minds on something, those things impact the major decisions of our life. 
Earthly things don't last forever. Things above do. Here are some earthly things that many of us, including myself, are tempted to orient our lives around. We are tempted to orient our lives around our careers or our jobs. But they go away. We're tempted to orient our lives around money. We're tempted to orient our lives around the size or the location of our house. Like everything that we're doing right now is all about that decision. We're orienting our lives around that. Some kind of retirement plan, some kind of vacation house or boat or, or whatever. Like, and none of that lasts forever because we live and then we die and none of it goes with us. And Paul's saying, don't set your minds on that stuff. Don't orient your lives around those temporary things. Here are some things that last forever. God lasts forever. And godliness in us lasts forever. The word of God lasts forever. And the souls of men last forever. And Paul's saying, set your minds. Let those things be the things that you orient your life around. When you're making a decision, think about those things. Let those carry weight. When facing big decisions in our lives, which one of those lists carries the most weight? Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I'm not sure if you're a big MLM person. Multi-level marketing, pyramid scheme, whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure if you're into the shampoo or the clothes or whatever. Sell it, whatever. But here's the thing about them. Amway, is Amway still around? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if anybody sells Amway. You might be offended by this. I apologize. If Am Amway was onto something, because about 15 or 20 years ago when Amway was on the rise, they did something at their meetings when they were getting people started that was incredibly impactful. Amway was onto something. You would go to someone's house. They're already the Amway person. They're trying to get you underneath them. They, you know, you bring people over and they, they'd get everybody in the room and they would just ask everybody a question. They would say, what is your dream? If you had X number of dollars, what would you buy? And they would give everybody a minute, one minute with eyes closed and they had to think about what they would buy if they had $50,000 or $100,000 or if they were successful the same way. What are they going for? What is the target? What is the goal? And everybody would just kind of sit there with their eyes closed. And then they'd open their eyes and they would make everybody go around and they'd make everybody share what their goals were. And then you, know, you share like, uh, there's, we want to get out of the city. We want to get out and we want to have land. We want to have a bigger house and and, and everybody would go, yes, yes, yes. And everybody would share. And then the person would say, here's what we want you to do. We want you to, that, that thing that you pictured, that thing that you want, we want you to print a picture of it. Print a bunch of copies of that picture. And we want you to put that picture in places that you are all the time. So put one on your fridge and put one in your bathroom and put one in your car and put one at your desk at work and put one by your bed. And so you're always going to be reminded that that's what you're going for. That's your goal. If it's a boat, print a picture of the boat and put it all those places. Then as you're going about your day, you are going to think about that and you're going to make little decisions. You're going to make little decisions that are going to help make that happen. And it was intoxicating where people were setting their minds on their goals, doing everything, putting it in front of their faces all the time to remind them that that's what they were going for. 
I kind of think that's what Paul, I think he was trying to do, it was like an Amway meeting for Paul. I think that's what he means when he says, set your minds on things above. I think he, I think he means take a minute and close your eyes and think about things above and think about orienting your life around things above. Every time I'm in a bad headspace, every time I'm feeling very mentally unhealthy, if I'm anxious, worried, stressed, whatever, I'm not thinking about things above. I'm thinking about earthly things. The earthly things are leading me to feel those ways, feel those things. And so, so I, I, listen, I've got ideas. I've got little ways and little tricks. It, it, so do you about, about ways that we could replace some earthly thoughts that we're having with thinking about things above. I'm not going to go into a a long list of little tricks and tips for you, but I do want to give everybody here one minute to think about this. I want to give everybody a minute to think about maybe some earthly things that have taken up the place of orienting our lives, that we're orienting our lives around, and think about a thing above that maybe we should or could instead. And so let's have a Three Creeks Amway meeting real quick. Let me just give you one minute. Close your eyes where you're at and think about it. We got nowhere else to be. Just think about that for a second. Let me close with this. On Tuesday, I was sitting in, uh, at Cohatch with our team, and John Scott was there, and we were talking about this series, and we were, we were just talking about it, and I was running some stuff by him, and he, he asked a great question, and it's a question that I've had, and it's a question that I think that maybe you've had, and he just said, <laughs> he just said, uh, so is that it? Just set my mind on things above? Like, and he was asking it in a good way. Like, he was asking it like a, like a challenging question. Is that it? Just like slap a Bible verse on it? Call it good? Everybody good now? Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Good? And, and he was asking, it was, it was a great question. And, it, and it's one that I know, it's like, you've probably been juked before. We're like, ah, I'm experiencing anxiousness. And you're like, well, Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer. You know, it's like, ah, is, there a, is, that a, is this just a Bible verse fix for everything that we just went through? And it's a great question. And here's the answer to the question, you know, is that it? Just set your mind on things above, is that it? Here's the answer. Let's start there, and let's see what happens. This is probably going to be a big puzzle for us. It certainly will be for me. But I know that that is a key piece 
to this puzzle. And this might not be, or there might be other things that I need to do, but I know that I definitely need to do this, right? Like this is definitely a part of the equation. And so before we go and read this article or talk to this friend or see a doctor or whatever, like we, may, we might need to do those things and those things might help. But what I know to be true is that we're supposed to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. And it's like there might be a lot of steps to this. We didn't get here in a half an hour. Or we're not going to get out of this in a half an hour. This might be a marathon, but in order to finish a marathon, you got to take step one. And I'm just proposing that step one could be, hey, let's think about this. Let's set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. Let's let that be step one, and then we'll just, we'll see what step two is in a little bit. Let's just, let's make sure that we get right with God, because that is certainly part of the equation. Let's think about things above, and let's just see what happens with that. I just wrote down, what, what does this look like for you this week? What is one small step that you could take that would be changing from thinking about things that are on earth to thinking about things above? I have two reflection questions for you, and they're going to be up on the screen. The first one is, have you been raised with Christ? And if not, would you like to make that decision today? And the second one is, Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. What does that practically look like for you this week? And what I want to do is I want to give you about two minutes. We're going to turn the lights down. The band's going to come up. We're going to sing one more song together as we close the service. But during these two minutes and during this song, our prayer team is going to be available in the back. And after the song, Tyler and Julie will come out and close our service together. But give these two questions some thought before we sing. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, to visit us in person, or to give online, visit threecreekschurch.com.